0: This is Legacy Battle. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever you're listening on. Also hit that like button. I am Michael Adams, creator of Legacy Battle. My panelists tonight from the Iron Battle Zone, Brian King and Rollo O'Cawthon. From uh, Ball State University, we got Paul Havicott. Our special guest tonight, we're joined by a former NHL, WHA forward. He spent 11 years playing professionally to include with the Pittsburgh Penguins, Toronto Maple Leafs. Over in the WHA, he was with Cincinnati, Indiana, New England, which later became the Hartford Whalers, of course, and and uh, briefly with the New York Rangers. He is ranked 27th all time in goals per game, even leading the league in goals in 1980. Stuck between two guys named Eric Lindros and Connor McDavid, so that's a pretty nice list to be stuck between. Um, so we got NHL All Star Blaine Stoughton here. Blaine, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Oh, my pleasure.
0: So this is going to be fun tonight. We are doing the top five Whalers forwards of all time. As always, we'll have our Q&A afterwards with Blaine about his career. And we're going to start out tonight with Ron Francis.
2: Ron Francis, who not only one of the best Hartford Whalers of all time, he's one of the best hockey players of all time. Uh, Drafted in 1981, played 23 seasons. He was drafted fourth overall by the Hartford Whalers. And that first season, he picked up 68 points in his first season. But over the course of his career with Hartford, he averaged 91 points per season. He also had 20-plus goals every season during his Whalers career. He was also kind of an Ironman. He averaged 71 games per season. He played five seasons with 75-plus games where he played. And three times as a member of the Hartford Whalers, he led the league in games played. Unfortunately, he was, fortunately for me, he was traded to the Pittsburgh in 1981, 1991 with Alp Samuelson and uh, Grant Jennings, who would help the Penguins win their first daily cup. He finished his career in Carolina, which we all know is moved from Hartford uh, to still be a productive member of the Carolina uh, <clears throat> Carolina Hurricanes. Um, he's first in Hartford World Point uh, in games played. He's first in goals, assists, points, power play goals, and game winning goals. He's also second in assists and points per game. Uh, he was selected to the Hockey Hall of Fame in 2007. So he is obviously the greatest player with all the numbers, all the accolades, even as a player staying on the ice, being productive for a squad. He's of all
0: time. So, Blaine, I know he's going to be a gimme tonight for this list, of course. Uh, he's probably the GOAT of the Whalers franchise. But even being ranked, I want to say he is fourth or fifth all time in NHL history scoring. He was a two-way player and a man who could win face-offs. Ron Francis had the all-around game. I, did you see any weakness when you've seen him play? And is he underrated?
1: Oh, Definitely, he's underrated. But uh, back to that trade, it's probably the worst trade probably in the NHL, but definitely the Hartford Whalers. Uh, I mean, look at his career versus the two, am I'm not disrespecting the two people we got from Pittsburgh, but just look at his career and the two, what we got in return for him. It was disastrous. But yeah, uh, they put him uh, on my line. Uh, he got called up, uh, I think after like 10 games or something. He was playing in uh, Sault Ste. Marie, I think. And uh, they put him at center with me. Uh, very first practice, he came to Hartford. So I knew, I could tell by his passing and, just his vision that I never thought he'd be that good as, it, as he turned out to be. But I can definitely tell you he had the uh, skill uh, to be a great player.
0: Definitely has the mind for the game, that's for sure. We see it now as GM over in Seattle. And he, he really built the Carolina Hurricanes as the GM there. All those young players they have now were basically, you know, part of his drafting. So absolutely great
3: hockey mind. All right, let's move on to uh, Jeff Sanderson. All right, Jeff Sanderson, uh left winger, he was with the Whalers from 1990-91 to the 1996-97 season, so basically 6 seasons. Uh second round pick 1990 for the Whalers. Uh Sanders had an interesting beginning because he was one of very few NHL players to be from the Northwest Territories. Um and it was he was by far the most successful uh player from that very uh, rugged and remote area in Canada. Uh, During his time in Hartford, he topped 40 goals twice and 30 goals four times. Uh, He was rather durable as well. Uh, Once he established himself as the regular starter for a full season in uh, 92-93, he missed only three starts over the next five seasons and played in all 82 in three of those years. In Whalers-Hurricanes team history, Sanderson is 7th in goals, 10th in points, 7th in uh, power play goals, fourth in hat tricks, and sixth in goals per game. Uh, Sanderson made a move south to Carolina uh, with the team in 1997, but only played 40 games before moving on to several other clubs. Um, But he's definitely one of the better players to ever put on that whaler sweater. So,
0: Blaine, like yourself, Sanderson was a sniper. Uh, He could hit the corners, maybe – Maybe the best shooter we're talking about tonight. Maybe other than you, that could be debated, of course. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on Sanderson? He was one of those players that had to make the move to Carolina, um, which I'm sure a lot of Hartford fans are still upset over that. But uh, what, what are your thoughts on his shot and his and his playing ability?
1: Well, uh, he was. Uh, I was gone when he came there, but uh, I I have watched him on TV, and I, I think the first thing I really what stood out for me was he had good uh foot speed and he could take it outside and beat the right hand D off the left wing. So uh and he had a great shot. So uh, uh that's the first thing I noticed when I first seen him play on TV.
0: And I'm representing his line mate tonight. So I just wanna I wanna jump right into Andrew Castles because Sanderson and Castles literally go hand in hand together. Um yeah. You know, Castles, he came to the Whalers in 91 from a trade from Montreal Canadiens for a second-round pick. I, I feel that was a, a pretty fair trade. Um, yeah. He played till 97 out there in Carolina, or Hartford, excuse me, Hartford. He posted 350 points in only 438 games with, uh, you know, the Whalers. So he's third all-time in assists in Whalers history with 253, fourth in overtime goals, and he led the team in assists five consecutive seasons. Um, So as I had mentioned, him and and Jeff Sanderson were line mates. They formed a deadly combo. You know, Sanderson, as I said earlier, could snipe it. And Anders was more of a playmaker. And for a good, you know, four or five year period, they really kept the Whalers afloat in the standings. Um, Their goaltending was not super strong during that time period. I know that they both had minuses during their career in in their time in Hartford but they didn't have a lot of support they were going through some coaches too and and a lot was going on in Hartford that time obviously with ownership but I believe Andrew Castles is a great playmaker um I think of everyone we're talking about tonight other than Ron Francis I'm going to say Castles is probably the best passer he saw the ice extremely well um your, your thoughts on, on Andrew? Um, I know he did not put the puck in the net a lot. I, I am aware of that. But a great setup, man. And he could see the ice, like I said. So what what are your thoughts on, on his style of game?
1: Well, once again, I, I never seen him play live just on right. television. But I agree with you. Uh, and he, he was just one of those type of players that could dish the puck. And that's why his goal production was down. He was a pass-first guy. And uh, he looked for his wingers at every opportunity could. And uh, that was just the way he played the game. I mean, everybody's got a different uh, skill level and you use your best assets, right, to produce. And his best assets were distributing the puck in the offensive zone. And that's what he did. And that's what made his career. So, yeah, he's a great player.
0: Let's go on to a current NHL coach for this franchise that became Carolina, and that's uh, Pat Verbeek.
4: Okay, Pat, I don't know if he's got the goods to make the list, but solid 20-year career, 1999 Stanley Cup winner. Was called the Little Ball of Hate, which is a little nickname given to him by Glenn Healy in 95 after fellow New York Rangers teammate Ray Farrar was kind of tagged the Big Ball of Hate. But uh, when, when I was researching Pat, one of the things I found about his career is on in 85, he cut one of his thumbs off in an auger accident on the farm and uh, thanks to his father and brother, they saved his thumb. And after extensive rehabilitation, he returned to hockey. He didn't even miss any regular season games because the injury. So that's true hockey right there. But um, I think, you know, it's a big thumbs up to his career. But uh, he played in the NHL for the Devils, Whalers, Rangers, Stars and Red Wings. Uh, so, so Mike doesn't get mad at me. Let me talk about his Whalers career here. So after his 88, 89 season, Devils traded him to the Whalers. In his first season, he led the team in goal scoring. And um, in his second, he was named the MVP. So in 91, he made the All-Star team for the first time. And in the following season as well, he was named the, the Whalers captain. So all in all, he gets uh, 192, finishes with 192 goals with the Whalers, 211 assists for 403 points, ended up getting 522 career goals and 540 assists. So he was over 1,000 points for his career and that's uh Pat Verbeek
0: and I want to give Verbeek credit because I know that he was the second captain after Ron Francis they uh, gave it to Randy uh cure. I think I'm saying his name wrong but and he only had it for like a real short time period and then Pat Verbeek had to take that pressure on of, of you know replacing Ron Francis but uh Blaine uh, Verbe, he wasn't a superstar, but if you had three or four guys like him on your team, you were in really good shape. This guy did a little bit of everything. He'd go into the corners. He put the puck in the net. He he was a leader in the locker room. Obviously, has a great hockey sense because he is a coach now. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on on his game and you know his style of play? In particularly, I think that's kind of missing a lot from the NHL this, these days.
1: Yeah, actually, I got to know him off the ice. So uh, we were uh, good friends. And uh, he's a very uh, unique player, obviously. Uh, He could put the puck in the net. He's a team leader. But he's, I'd call him a playoff player. You know, uh, those are the kind of guys that win Stanley Cups. Uh, Maybe they're not that important during the 80-game schedule. But you need guys like that. Because as you guys know, the game gets a lot tougher in the playoffs. And he is a quality playoff player. I'd have guys like him on my team for the playoffs. You have to have big skill guys for the 80-game schedule to qualify for the playoffs. But if you don't have the Pat Verbeeks on your team in the playoffs, you're not going to win.
0: Totally agree with that. And he is a fantastic coach. We see uh, how well Carolina is doing now. And I think they have a great shot. At the cup here in in the 2023 season so we'll see what what happens with that yeah,
1: i think he was he was assistant gm in tampa wasn't he
0: yeah for a little bit i think yeah. so yeah 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 well let's move on to uh well the other man who has the the the, the nickname that matches and that's uh ray ferraro ray ferraro Chicken palm for those that don't know
2: the story of Ray Ferraro's nickname, Chicken Parm. Look it up. It's quite hilarious. Um, uh, drafted by Hartford, uh, the fifth round number eight overall in 1984. Uh, played six and a half seasons with them uh, through an 18-year career. He played 44 games in his first season, and he picked up in the modest 27 points. But in the next season, he was a 30-goal 30, 30 scorer and scored in total 77 points with a plus-minus of 10. He also contributed nine goals in 10 Stanley Cup playoff games that year. And one of the things that stands out to me, he was a pesky little guy. So, And he also would play 75-plus games in four of the next five seasons after his rookie year before him being traded to the Islanders in the 1991 season. Uh, five of his six-and-a-half seasons, he scored 20-plus goals uh, with a career-high 41 and 88-89. Uh, he's six all-time in points assist power play goals seventh and goal scored game winning goals he's also the all-time leader in Hartford Wheeler shooting percentage now, mm-hmm. let me tell, tell you about this so in the 2018 2019 season the high for shooting percentage was 11.2 by Nathan McKinnon for his career Ray Ferraro averaged 21.6 shooting percentage that's ridiculous
0: yeah. wow so, uh, Blaine, another another scrappy guy like Verbeek, another guy you want in the playoffs. I think part of his shooting percentage being so high is because he was the scrapper in front of the net who picked up a lot of the garbage. Uh, yeah. That helps that shooting percentage. Um, but another guy you want on your team in the playoffs. Your, your thoughts on Ray Ferraro. Great commentator, too.
1: Oh, great commentator. Love listening to him. Uh, the thing that's uh, unique about him I don't know exactly how much, but he looked like he only weighed like 165 or 170 pounds. And uh, and hockey was in the transition at that time. There was there's starting to be a lot bigger defensemen than when I played. It was uh, so it was a lot tougher for a 160, 175 player to stay in the paint area and get the rebounds, uh, dirty goals. But uh, he just had, for the sides, of him, he had great grit and that's, that's what stands out uh, as far as I can see.
0: I know he was good with the Islanders, but uh, Brian, are you are you like me? You you remember him more with? Or I know he was good with the Whalers, but I remember him more with the Islanders. Are you kind of the same as me?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I actually kind of. Kind of forgot he was with the whale, <laughs> to be honest. He, I mean, he was yeah, definitely most known for what he did at, up in New York. Yes, knocking out the big part of knocking out those
0: Penguins and uh, going for the three peat in uh, 92 93 there. Oh, so, like that, yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, let's move on to our next player. Uh, let's see. That's going to be uh, Sylvain Turgeon.
3: Yeah, Sylvain Turgeon, uh, left winger, six seasons with uh, the whale. Uh, 83 84 to 88 89. He is the older brother of uh, the great Pierre Turgeon. Um, 1983, he was the second overall pick in the entire NHL draft uh, and joined the Whalers immediately at the age of 19. Uh, Turgeon was a scoring machine right out of the gate, netting 40 goals in his rookie season. Um, That led the team, and his 72 points was third. Um, He was third place for the Calder Trophy. And probably in most seasons he would have won, but he was behind some guys named uh, Tom Barasso and Steve Iserman. So kind of hard to beat those guys out. Um, the next season he missed uh, about a dozen and a half games, but he still put uh, put the puck in the net 31 times. In 85-86, that was definitely his final season. He scored a career high of 45 goals, registered a career high, of 79 points. Um, the goal, the goal, goal total was the 10th highest league wide. Unfortunately for him, an abdominal injury slowed him down and bothered him uh, from that point on for the remainder of his career. And he was just never quite the same. Um, That said, in his six seasons in Hartford, um, he averaged 0.89 points per game and about one goal for every two games. Uh, 0.48 is the actual rate, and it is third in team history. So a solid solid score, an abbreviated career, but still uh, made an impact for the Whale.
0: So Blaine, uh, that was exactly what I had written down. What Brian just said: solid career, but under the radar. Is was he under the radar because it was done in Hartford his best years? Or you know, what what are your thoughts on Sylvain?
1: Oh, actually, uh, I was still there when he came here, so I got to play with him. And uh, great natural talent. Uh, he's it's just God given. Smooth, and no effort skating. Uh, he's like uh, I remember got by Paul Lawless, right? I mean. I just hate getting get behind those guys in drills, right? Because I'm working as hard as I can, and it seems like they're just floating on the ice. And he was just a tremendous skater, had a good shot. And, uh, yeah, I think he had uh, – his uh, career got cut short, I think, uh, with the, the injuries he had. So I think he would have been his, – his stats would have been doubled if, uh, if he wouldn't have been injury-free.
0: We can add him to our what-if list, Brian. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's move on to Kevin Deneen yeah. So th- third-round draft pick by the Hartford Whalers in 1982. He didn't come up until 1984, though, and he stayed there from 84 to 92. Um, and then he was brought back later on, uh, 95 to 97. Another guy who had to go and make that move to Carolina. Um, but he did get those two more seasons uh, in there with the, the franchise. So I think Kevin Deneen's probably another give me tonight, uh, but we'll obviously see how the vote goes here. But he is second all time in points for the Whalers at 503. Second all time in penalty minutes, 1,237 penalty minutes. Um, yeah. Third in power play goals, fourth in shots, uh, in shorthanded goals, and second in game winners. So like just with those stats alone, he, he's going to be top five. Um, even and this, this isn't like the most impressive stat, but his, his time with Hartford, he is a, on the plus minus, he's a minus 17. And I know that sounds bad, but that is actually second best tonight of all the players we're talking about minus 17. So, um, scored his final goal. He scored the final goal in Whalers history. And that was a two, one win over Tampa. So Blaine, uh, your, your thoughts on, uh, Kevin Deneen. Another player who played hard and, and wore the C there for a while. Um, I know he had some good years in Philly as well. But uh, what, what are your thoughts on Kevin Deneen?
1: Uh, I think he's kind of in the Pat Verveek mold, uh, except he uh, had a little more scoring power than Pat. But grind, worked the corners, good playoff guy. One of the guys you have to have in the playoffs. But uh, he had, I think, a little more skill than Pat. And so he, you know, he contribute uh, in the eighty game schedule, but I, it's guys like him. I you know, hate to repeat myself, but he is a, a playoff player. That's that's what I recognize in his career.
0: He had the size too. Like he was, he was a big boy, bigger than Vermeek yeah. and, and, and Ferraro. So that that always and helped a, out.
1: And, a, and he was a team leader too.
0: I, I actually got to know him off the ice.
1: So uh, real team leader kind of a guy, great character, uh, just. Just love to play with them.
0: Excellent. Well, let's move on to our final player tonight. And uh, if you can't figure out who that is, then you're not paying attention. Go ahead, Paul.
4: <laughs> yeah, this this is a smart pick right here. This is who Blaine's going to probably uh, vote for. His name is actually Blaine. But uh, right winger, played nine seasons in the NHL for the Pens, Maple Leafs, Whalers, and Rangers. Great shooter. Great poise. He's a whaler through and through, even dating back to when they were called the New England Whalers. Uh, but he had great careers in both the NHL and WHA. Total goals for the um, NHL was 449 uh, points with uh, 258 goals, 191 assists. And the WHA at 89 goals and 90 assists for 179. Blaine, you were playing for the WHA for the uh, Indianapolis Racers when the Racers folded in 78. You got signed by the aforementioned New England Whalers. Played uh, third line with Mike Rogers, scoring 19 goals and specifically with the Whalers in the 78 79 season. I guess a a brief history, real quick, with that is that uh, the Whalers moved to Hartford in 74 and joined the NHL uh, in the NHL WHA merger in 79. But for the Whalers, he had 228 goals, 161 assists for a point total of 389. He scored at least 50 goals in a season in the NHL twice and at least 40 goals four times tied for the league lead with 56 in the 79, uh, 80 season. Got a, got a good amount of awards to WCHL all-star team, 72 scoring leader, 72 NHL goal scoring leader in 80 and 82 NHL all-star game. Anybody, um, oh, and one of my questions for you, maybe you can address this as you're voting for yourself, but, uh, I showed you here as playing your team with Rick Dudley and Rick, Rich DeLuke on the LSD line. I got to know what is the LSD line and is that as uh, fun as it sounds. But anyway, that's Blaine. I think he's going to be the winner here. Let's see what uh, our other Blaine
0: says about it. So, uh, <laughs> Blaine, go go ahead. You can answer Paul's question. Tell us about that <laughs> LSD line. I actually had it on my question for the Q&A later.
1: Yeah, uh, la. Leduc, Stoughton, and uh Dudley. Yeah, L S D. Yeah. It, it was funny. Oh, I, 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 I I played on a another line. Uh we were called the bunny line in 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 Cincinnati. All three of us were dating Playboy bunnies. So we, Ooh, that's we were a better the better bun- line. Oh, there you go. <laughs> we were the bunny line. <laughs> it was me, Peter Marsh, and uh Greg Carroll. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, it's always hard to ask somebody about themselves, but uh, you know, just tell us about your, your, your thoughts of playing for the Hartford organization. Yeah. Well,
1: uh, I was in Indianapolis, obviously, and uh, I played with Gretzky there for about 12 games before he went to Edmonton. But uh, yeah, obviously they folded. I went there. Uh, I had played in the NHL before, so I had... I guess, more experience than some of the other guys that never played in the NHL before. So I was expecting uh, to do well. Uh, I never dreamed I'd lead the league in goals, but I worked hard in the summertime because I knew it would be, be a little tougher playing in the NHL. The WHA was like a more of a wide-open league. Uh, the defensive structure wasn't that good. So I worked hard in the summertime and just everything fell into place, but when I scored the 56 goals. and I thought maybe, I was hoping to score 35, maybe 40. But, you know, it was our power play. We Ronnie Francis, no, well, Ronnie wasn't there. I played with Mike Rogers. We played in the power play and, you know, with Mark Howland defense. So everything just kind of fell into place. I was very
4: fortunate.
0: All right, well, let's move into our vote tonight. Cannot pick your own. We're all going to pick one. Paul, you're in my upper corner. Start us out. Uh,
4: I'm going to go ahead and get Ron Francis out of the way here. Okay,
0: Rallo.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna, we're gonna add Kevin Denis.
0: Okay, I'm gonna take Blaine. I, I feel like you lead the NHL in goals, and you score 50 goals and 40 plus goals as many times as he did. You got to make this list,
3: Brian. Man, you put the pressure on me. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm looking at three guys here: Castles, Verbeek, and Ferraro. Who are like all sort of in that. Same mold, I guess, and 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 like Blaine said, you know, guys you want around uh, in the playoffs. Um, uh, to me, I think Verbeek is a guy that stands out. Um, he's he's gonna be the guy I'm gonna go with on the, on this one.
0: Okay, so Blaine, we come to you. You've got a choice of Jeff Sanderson, Ray Ferraro, Andrew Castles, and Sylvain Turgeon. Uh, I'll take Ferraro. Ferraro. All right, there we go. So Legacy Battles, top five Hartford Whalers offensive forwards of all time, Ron Francis, Kevin Taneen, Pat Verbeek, Ray Ferraro, and the great Blaine Stoughton. Let's move into our Q&A for Blaine about his career. Um, Looking at it, uh, Paul, you got two. Rollo, you got two. So we'll go uh, Paul, Rollo, Brian, me.
4: Okay. I guess a question I like to ask a lot of athletes is, you know, when you played hockey versus hockey now, are there changes to hockey, you know, I you guess, know, on, I guess on the positive and negative side, like what, what's a change if you could give us uh, an example of each one, what, something you think made the sport better, something you, may, you think made the sport a little bit worse? Well, I don't think
1: anything stands out in my mind that it's gotten worse. It's, it's gotten nothing but better. Good. But uh, I think uh, from my era and today's era, and there's, we can talk about equipment and food and all that kind of stuff. But I just think the, uh, the philosophy of the players has changed. Uh, we were hockey players when I played. Uh, these guys are athletes now. And there's a big mm-hmm. difference between just being a hockey player and an athlete. When our season was over, equipment goes away, golf clubs come out, and you don't do anything till August. These guys train year-round. They eat right. They sleep right. And it shows on the ice. There's bigger, stronger, faster. And I actually quit watching hockey there for a while uh, when uh, they're using the trap. The New Jersey Devils were winning the Stanley Cup. I think they won the Stanley Cup one year. In the third period, they had like five shots on net and won the Stanley Cup. So I didn't watch hockey back then. So I, they've revolutionized the game. And I, I think hockey's in the great... Place right now. It's a two-part
2: question. So, one, you dated a Playboy Bunny. Did you get to go to the Playboy Mansion?
1: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> There's just a Playboy Playboy <laughs> Club in Cincinnati.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the two previous seasons before you, the the Hartford Whalers moved to the NHL. You had uh, the two previous seasons. You had 37 total goals, and then the next season you had 56, and then uh, two 196 over the course of the next four seasons. What changed for you? Did Was it the team or the guys you were playing with? Did the game slow down for you? What happened Were that huge jump in goal production?
1: Uh, a huge part of it was actually, uh, so I actually, uh, the Playboy bunny I was dating, I married her and uh, we had our first child. So uh, instead of going to bed at two in the morning, uh, I was going to bed at nine o'clock at night and getting up at 12 and feeding the kid, and then three, feeding the kid. So uh, the biggest part is my lifestyle changed.
3: Right, right. Well, Blaine, in 79-80, in you know, as, as Michael mentioned, you led the NHL in scoring. Um, but that season, you did not appear on the All-Star team. Um, did you feel disrespected by that, and and did that help to motivate you going forward?
1: Well, there's a lot of circumstance involved there. Did I feel I should have been in the team? Of course. You know, you lead the league in goals, you're not in the All Star team. I don't think that's ever happened in the history of hockey before. So, but yeah. the game was in Detroit, and Gordie Howe was in our team. So <laughs> what are you going to do? I'm going to get ticked off at Gordie Howe, <laughs> the greatest hockey player of all time, right that I'm going to walk up to Gordie and say, hey, Gordie, what's going on? I should, you know. It was just I was a victim of circumstances, and I was on the team the next year, so it all equaled up.
0: So I, I want to ask you about the World Hockey Association. We actually did a, a World Hockey Association debate with uh, Andre LaCroix. So there were a lot of great players in there: Gordy Howe, we've already mentioned Bobby Hall. Uh, your former LS D line is in the hall, uh, members in the Hall of Fame for WHA: uh, Richard Duke. So were you one of the players that went there because of the money? Because every player I've ever talked to said they left the NHL because they were getting offered more money in the WHA. Or was that just like where you felt you could succeed the best?
1: No, it's like the live tour. Of course I went there for the money, but, (laughs) uh, but there's some other small issues, but so I was, I was playing for the Leafs and I, and I was single and, the taxes were, were just ridiculous. So I got twice as much money, but my taxes went down 25%. And I bought a house and you can write off your house payment. There was a lot of uh, economical reasons other than just salary why I went there. But uh, but yeah, it wasn't playing time or it was, it was all about economics.
0: Okay, Same order, guys. One more each.
4: Yeah, so... I want to expand on that a second because that was one of my questions too for somebody who hears a lot about the past WHA and the NHL is that what are what are the major differences with that is it strictly financial or were there other perks with each one or were there you know is it food and stuff like that what 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 would you say the the biggest standout difference is besides the finances are you talking about today's hockey or yeah, well, like, when you, you had both successful careers in both, WHL, yeah. and, uh, but what w- – did you particularly enjoy one more than the other one? Was the talent greater in one back then, or? Well, there was less defensive
1: struggle in the uh, WHA. Uh, so the structure wasn't there. So it was uh, – the scoring was a lot higher than the NHL. So, yes, I, I thought about that because okay. uh, I think I scored, like, I forget how many goals, 25 goals or something my last year in Toronto. But uh, at the end of the day, it was all about economics for me. And I, I had no heart. I mean, Harold Ballard, I didn't get along with him, but that's not the reason I left. Rallo. Dwayne, uh, hockey today, who do you enjoy watching
2: play? Um, and who do you think plays a lot like you played back when you were in the heyday of your career?
1: Uh, I just like watching all the stars, um, <laughs> the things they can do with the puck, uh, the Detroit play and all those kind of moves. I really enjoy. At first, I was kind of skeptical, skeptical about you know, them doing that. But that's the way the game is. It brings the fan base in. The young kids are trying it in practice. I got a granddaughter that plays. And uh, I think uh, the skill level, and the way the game is structured now is just great for hockey. And uh, as far as uh, there isn't too many guys out there that play like like I did. I was like a strictly a goal scorer. Uh, I wasn't a great hitter. I wasn't a fighter. So today's hockey players, I think, are a little more rounded than I was. Uh, they got more attributes that they can bring to the game. I was kind of just a one skill kind of a guy. I mean, I was obviously good at it. But I think today's game you have to have more than just the skills I
3: had, Blaine, you obviously had a ton of success with Hartford. I'm not sure if it was mentioned, but you got the most uh, average goals per game in, in Hartford, uh, Carolina franchise history, which is very impressive. Um, but in 1997, when when you heard the news that the Whalers were relocating to Carolina, uh, what were your immediate thoughts to that?
1: Well, I'd heard rumblings uh, for like a year and a half that could be feasible. And uh, the city of Hartford, right? There was a lot of things going on there. A lot of big companies were moving to the the Carolinas, the big banks, the big insurance companies. And I just don't think they had the revenue stream from advertising that they could beat in the NHL. So I don't think it was the fans per se. It was just the uh, business that uh, couldn't support the uh, NHL uh, franchise anymore. So, yeah, I, I kind of suspected something was going to happen.
0: A very unique arena, too, there in Hartford. Like, it was, like, in a mall <laughs> for a while. Yeah. And yeah. Interesting. So we'll get you out of here with this tonight. Um, I- I'm looking here at your Whalers career, your your first season coming back to the NHL specifically. 56 goals, 100 points, the next season, 43 goals, then 52 goals, 45 goals. You said earlier that the WHA was more wide open, but you were
2: <laughs> way more successful
0: in a much harder league in the NHL. So just you know, tell me about some of those Hartford Whalers teams in, in the early 80s. And you guys had a lot of skilled players. I know that the playoff success wasn't there as much, um, but – just a very talented team going through the 80s and in uh, what I guess now we consider the wide open NHL, if you could consider it that compared to the WHA at that time. But uh, so just your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, we had a lot of skill up front. Uh, I would say uh, like any other team that doesn't contend for the playoffs, uh, maybe our defensive core was not great. I think our goaltending was all right. Uh, we had uh, like Mark Howe in defense, but we were a little short after that, but. Uh, I think that was our issues. Uh, but I enjoyed my time there. I had uh, another child there. And uh, I enjoyed playing in Hartford. I was married, so I didn't need the big light, light life that I did when I was younger. And uh, so I got all fond memories uh, of Hartford. I was, actually went to the back there this summer. They have a get-together every summer and I was back there. And I uh, still have a lot of friends there. That was great great place for me to play at that time of my career.
0: Well, I know the Hartford Whaler fans are going to love this one once we get it up. And if you are a Whalers fan, please check out uh, our prior episodes with Grant Jennings and Brian Propp. They both played for your Whalers, so check them out in the archives. We want to thank Blaine Stoughton for joining us tonight. Blaine, thank you so much for being here. Oh, Thanks for having me, guys. Awesome. Awesome. I I love the Whalers. I miss those green jerseys so much. But uh, I want to remind everybody, hit that subscribe and like button on whatever you're listening on. We want to thank you for watching and we'll see you all next time. Have a great night.